Hello and welcome to Emerge, Evolve, Lead, a podcast for people in recovery from addiction who want to be better leaders. I got clean and sober when I was 24, and then I started my corporate career. After several decades, I left that job and created Emerge Leadership Academy, where I train leaders and coach people in recovery who are ready to step up in their career. My name is Maureen Rosgem, and I'll be your host. My guest on the show today is Kathleen Donnelly. She's an author and a walker, which we'll hear a lot about today. And she's also overcome food addiction, among many other accomplishments in her life. Kathleen has been off flour and sugar since 2017, and she's also walked the El Camino across 500 miles in northern Spain at the ripe young age of 72. (laughs) Welcome to the podcast, Kathleen. I'm delighted to have you on the show. How are you doing? Oh, thank you so much. I'm, I'm really excited for this opportunity to talk to your people. Me too. Um, so I, I want to share the name of your book. It's Wisdom on the Camino, a spiritual journey sharing forgiveness and possibilities to inspire the rest of your life. And we are going to, I'm going to ask you to share more about that in just a few minutes. But first, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about what your life is like now, and then we'll get into your story. Okay. Well, um, I, I am a addict of flour and sugar. And, um, I, I mean, for years I was just really overweight and, um, and I ate good food, but I ate too much of it. I ate really good food. Um, bad food actually makes my skin break out. (laughs) So I, you know, I can't, I can't eat that stuff. It's like an extra, yay. I can't have that, um, for me. Are you, Um, um, like gluten, uh, like allergic to gluten, uh, celiac disease or no, it's not like that. It's, it's like, what it is, is, um, I think it's a sugar thing and, a um, alkalinity thing. Okay. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so, um, that's what I, um, you had to I, overcome. Yeah. I can't have that stuff. <laughs> so how much did, so when you, how did you do it? How did you figure out or what made you decide, okay, this is done. I'm done with this. I really have to change my life. And how did you get there? And what did you do? I just felt like myself. I just felt like people thought I was stupid because I couldn't figure out how to be thin and I didn't like being stupid. And so I just, um, my husband was ill and I had a lot of stress from that. And my cousin who did this bright line eating program, uh, told me about it and I'm like, I could be skinny. Oh my God. And, um, so I tried to do it and she said, you know, Kathleen, maybe you better wait until you're not so stressed because stress is going to make you eat. And I'm like, I can't wait. I can't, I was just so done with being overweight. And so I, um, I tried it and failed many times, uh, because she was right. The stress was too much, but, um, I just wanted to do it. And I, I lost 80 pounds. Wow. Yeah. How long did that take you? Um, probably two years. Okay. So it was a nice, slow, just a changing of your lifestyle about how you ate and then, 
and you took good care of yourself and you did this all while your husband, you were caring for him. I know you were married. How long were you married for? 48 years. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't make it to 50, (laughs) but, um, yeah, we had quite a life. Um, and, um, so I, I, I noticed him with his Parkinson's disease, when he would eat flour and sugar, he couldn't walk more than when he didn't do that. And I did an elimination thing. I, he, he let me talk him into doing an elimination for like two weeks and I took out the flour and sugar and he could actually walk. Whoa. That's huge. I know. And And what was he suffering with? Parkinson's disease. Okay. That's a, that's a particularly difficult disease to have to deal with it towards the end of your life. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it, and it takes a long time too. You know, 17 yeah. years he had Parkinson's. Oh my. He probably okay. had it before that, but they just didn't know what it was wrong. I understand. Yeah. So you changed his diet and you were able to change your diet. I did. Um, but just seeing the effect it had on him gave me more power in my, I think it, I, I just heard somebody call it a superpower. Uh, it's my superpower that I, that I can not eat uh, flour and sugar. Okay. So you sort of changed your mindset. What, what do you think is the real reason or the bottom line reason for your success? Uh, Support. Okay. Yeah. So tell me about that program called bright line. Did you say bright, bright line eating the way they, they call it the bright line eating, because I think a lot of people think that you, uh, well, it's too bad for food addicts because you got to eat right. Mm -hmm. Drinking addicts, they don't have to drink, but I mean, everybody has to drink water some fluids. I mean, yeah. And, and, and people don't have to drink, don't have to eat flour and sugar. People don't have to do that. Right. right. I mean, it's difficult, but you really can avoid it. And um, so um, that, that's it's what like, it's like anything, you know, Kathleen, everything, I have this little saying on my wall that it may seem difficult at first, but everything is difficult at first nobody, we don't just get it right away. It takes time when you're building a habit. We have to try it, practice it, discipline ourselves to do it every single day or as often as makes sense. And then after a while, a month or so, it, it becomes a habit and you don't have to use your willpower. It just, you know, it's, it's much more of a, it's just like you say, it's a lifestyle. You, you're, you've already gotten in the habit of saying, oh, no, thanks. I declined that cookie or whatever it is. Um, but those first, that first month is the worst. And even when we qu- quit drinking or any kind of addiction, we have these cravings for a certain amount of time. For me, it was 90 days. I really had a tough time for about 90 days. And, um, but for food, I will tell you that I still do eat sugar and I, and some flour, not a lot, not a lot at all, but, um, the sugar, I, I, it's hard for me to say no to when I'm at any kind of celebration for a piece of cake or some cookies or any, anything sugar like that. I love it so much. Oh, and ice cream in the summer is really, really hard. So how did you overcome that stuff and make it the lifestyle? Well, um, Susan Pierce Thompson, who started Brightline Eating, uh, says that um, you can't have any powdered substances. I, she had this thing that they, she showed 
cocaine, sugar, flour, and, <laughs> and what the brain looks like under the influence of these three things oh. and flour and sugar was worse than cocaine on the, on the poor brain. And so, you know, she's got a lot of good visuals there, but really uh, just honoring myself as an addict, Yeah, you know, and real, I mean, I can see it. I, she's got, you go into her website and you take a test and I was a nine, uh, you, the 10 is the top, you know, I was a nine. The worst the, you mean? The, the, yeah. <laughs> is the, the total addict is the 10 and I'm a nine. So I'm just right up there. Yeah. My cousin who told me about it, she's just a seven. So, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't look at her and think, Oh, oh I, I wish I was like Judy. I, I, I look at her and like, yeah, she's a seven, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Yeah. But anyway, um, I do wish I looked like her, but anyway, um, I will someday I will. But you uh, know, really what for me on my journey, anyways, my, um, self-esteem building my self-esteem, I have to constantly affirm that my body is good. It doesn't matter that it's a few pounds here, a few pounds or what that number says on the scale. If, if I love my feet because they carry me everywhere. And I love these, you know, um, trunk thighs because they can bend down and pick up my grandchildren. And those are the things, you know, that, and even this little belly that I have on me now, all of it is good. And, and, um, I just try to affirm that for myself every day because I'm alive and I have a body that still works and it's still, you know, I'm not in pain and that sort of thing. So uh, I try to affirm that every single day. Do you, um, so now that you, you got this, you know, smaller body, at least you got rid of some of that, um, right. extra weight that you were carrying, you, uh, went on this journey, but first I, I think it sounds like you had to go through saying goodbye to your husband, like what happened yeah. there and why did you decide to take this journey? Well, when, you know, we were getting older and I, I just assumed he was an athlete. I mean, I was a wannabe athlete and he was an athlete. He did triathlons. And, um, wow. so when, when he got sick and it, he was 52 when, when he was diagnosed with oh. Parkinson's disease. And, um, I just thought we would all be, we would be riding our bicycles across France in our old age. That's what I thought we were going to do. And then he got Parkinson's disease. And I'm like, I, first I tried to heal him, you know, I was finding all the cures and stuff and he didn't want to do any of those things. Really? He just wanted me to accept him the way he was not try and change him. And when I got over that, it was much better. Um, and, and so, you had a lot of family support too. How many children did you have? Yeah. I used to tell people you should have children. So you won't, so it won't be such a burden on one person when you're old, <laughs> but I don't tell people that anymore because they were all busy with their life. They, yeah. you know, they, um, at his 70th birthday, I, I laid the bomb and I said, I need you guys to come each one of you come once a year and take care of dad. So I can have a week off. Oh, good for you. And yeah. So that was in the end, but, um, <laughs> But before that, I was taking care of him. I had to be there. And that's why I got to, um, I got to do a lot of healing online. I listened to enlightened thought leaders and 
um, after so many, I, I, I had kind of a rough childhood. So I kind of lived my life as a person with post-traumatic stress disorder, which is a bit difficult. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, we know. Yeah. My, my dad was an alcoholic, rageaholic, you know, uh, and, um, yeah. and, uh, so, um, so anyway, I just, um, needed that's, help. <laughs> and well, that's probably why you gained the weight too. We feed yeah. our trauma so that absolutely. we can keep stuffing it down. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, so I did all the healing with all these light enlightened thought leaders and, by the time Ron was done with his disease, I had developed some philosophies of my own um, from studying all these thought leaders. And I wanted to write a book about it, but I didn't want to seem all teachy. And then after I walked the Camino, I realized I had told people on the Camino about all those things. So I wrote my book about walking the Camino and telling people those things. Oh, that's awesome. So when did you, what year did you walk the Camino? Well, he died in 2018 in okay. August and by January I was preparing, you know, to go. And I left in, at the end of March, um, in, uh, I went to Paris and stayed there for a week. So I wouldn't have jet lag for walking the Camino. And then I, um, went over to <clears throat> Saint-Jean-Pied-de-Port and that's where I started, um, in April of 2019. Okay. And how long did it take you? Well, I'm kind of a special case. Well, I'm, you know, I don't want to say old, but you know, I'm advanced. (laughs) That's right. We're advanced. And and, uh, so I was there 66 days actually on the Camino. That's amazing. Um, Yeah. I, I would, I, I, Were you sleeping on the ground some of that time or no, oh, no, good, no, 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 no. They good. have albergues over there. They have these, it, people have a large room with a bunch of bunk beds and you go in there and you sleep and okay. it's very cheap. It's like, um, maybe five to 12 euros a night. Yeah. I and, remember when I was younger in my twenties, they called them youth hostels and everybody would do that, you know, the backpacking across Europe, but okay. Mm-hmm. So this is great because they have people specifically for this purpose yeah, for you yeah. travelers. Yes. Right. So that's amazing. Wow. <laughs> anyway, it was quite amazing to meet all the people I met and, um, cause you did it by I, yourself. I did okay. uh, me, me and my angels. I, I believe in angels. So I, I, I have too. four angels that um, are my guardian angels and I took them with me and they protected me for sure. Oh yeah. There's no doubt. And, and when you see, um, you know, someone of experience and age walking in that setting, people just, they'll do everything that they can to help you. They love, is that true? Oh my gosh. I couldn't believe how, how caring people were on the one time I was walking down this mountain and there was a lot of rocks and I had my, my, my glasses turned dark. You know, I just have my glasses, glasses, and they turned dark in the sun. And this guy came up to me. He said, please take off your glasses. I'm so afraid you're going to trip on one of these rocks. (laughs) <laughs> and, and I was just like, well, I could see perfectly yeah. That's how I felt about they it. They can't but... see in, but you can see out. Yeah. I, the same glasses. So I, yeah. I thought that was so sweet. Yeah. And that is sweet. 
Yeah. Say, well, so, would you want to give me a piggyback? Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> were you care now? Were you carrying a backpack too? Yeah. I How wanted, heavy was it? Eh, I don't know. Uh, I it was ten. Um, uh, what a kilogram or what are those things? Um, um, liters. No. Uh, what is that called? I, I know. I don't know. It's the I, K I, word. Yeah. The K word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kilos. Yeah. Something yeah. Like it that. was yeah. 10 kilos. Okay. That's what it was. And, and it was really a little bit too heavy for me. Um, and so when I, I got to Astorga, I actually sent some stuff home, cost me 50, 45 euros to send Jeez, stuff home. Yeah. It was a lot, but I, I, it lightened my pack by a kilo and a half. Okay. So well, you was, know, whatever works, right. So right. you probably had to like bring food with you some along the way too, to have sustenance right. and water. And did you do some training before you left? Oh yes. I, I used to walk with my friend, uh, Severa. I, I would walk with her, <clears throat> every uh, three days a week, we walked by the bay. And then we walked five miles. And I thought, well, this doesn't make me even sweat to walk five miles. So I thought, well, I can walk five miles before lunch and five miles after lunch. And that's 10 miles a day. And so I did the math and I figured out how long it would take me. And after I started walking, and I'm a Catholic, and I was on a holy pilgrimage. And every time it would be Sunday, I would just walk in and I'd be so tired. I just lay down and then I would miss mass. And I thought, well, that's not good. <laughs> you know, I'm here doing this holy pilgrimage and I'm missing mass on Sunday. So I decided not to work on Sunday. Okay. And so I could go to mass. And so every Sunday I didn't walk after but you have your angels with you all the time. When you right. believe that you just bring in your church with you. Right. Well, so. there you go there. And really, I thought I would be stopping in at all the churches, but they were all locked because, oh, you know, yeah. churches aren't open anymore. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. But at least you had some beautiful sights along the way. So what yeah. are some of the big, um, you know, sort of messages that you were passing on and helping to share with people while you were on the trail? Well, uh, one of them is Ho'oponopono. Have you heard of that? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I have. Yeah, so I I um I told people about Ho'oponopono. Well, why don't and, you tell our listeners? It's a, you know, I I'm sorry, I love you, please forgive me, something like that. So help me. Yeah, so it's a Hawaiian healing technique for the family. And you don't even have to talk to the person, although you can talk to the person. And thank you is the last one. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. But I um I do the long version and I even added stuff. So um I you, first you say, I'm sorry. And it's not, I'm sorry. I did something, but I'm sorry. This situation exists. Please forgive me for what's going on in me that caused me to attract this. Thank you for showing me this so I could heal. And I love you. It's the big, I love you. I love God. God loves me. God loves that other person. That other person loves God. I love that other person. If you can say it, but if you can't say it, you don't have to say it. But, yeah, um, it's very and, healing in our in our um, steps of uh, twelve step tradition, as well as you know, we we really do need to work on forgiving ourselves 
and forgiving others because many of us grew up in alcoholic families and households where we were abused or, you know, that sort of thing and, and are traumatized and our parents split up or we were abandoned. I mean, there's just so much, you know, sexual abuse, all kinds of abuse. And when we get sober and we really start working on our recovery, it's so important to do that. That little prayer alone, I've heard it sung where it says, Mm. I'm sorry, please forgive me. I forgive you. Thank you. I love you. And that those like five, four or five phrases in a row, um, forgive me and I forgive you. That's, that's the part sometimes really gets to you. But if you keep thinking about the same, that person over and over while you say it, it really, it's moved my heart before. And it's Mm. made me really just let go. Okay. That person doesn't have any more power over me now. You know, that's beautiful. Yeah. I love it. I used to forgive my dad. Um, I used to forgive him. Like I would, I called it like, I forgive my dad, like an alcoholic gives up drink one day at a time. And like every morning I would wake up and I would forgive him. And by the time the next day came, I hated him again. And so I would have to forgive him again. And I just did that. I just, you know, it is a process. It's not like, okay, I'm done. I've written the letter letter. It's over. It's just not that easy because it does come up. It's, it's like, it's in there, you know, it's in our neural pathways in our brain. So we do have to constantly be vigilant to let it go because it only just puts poison in our heart. It doesn't make us feel good. Yeah. It's like giving, um, yeah, it's It's like eating poison. Yeah, it is. It's poison. Thinking your neighbor's going to die or something, right? It's like Nelson Mandela, one of my favorite quotes of his you know, having a resentment is like ingesting poison and thinking it's going to hurt the other person. It's just not good. It's not. So tell me about some other things then. Uh, One, one thing that, um, that I learned is um, the, what I think, I think that I came into this world um, to um, raise my vibration And I came in as, I mean, this is just what I think. I think um, I was a low vibrational spirit out there with God and I wanted to raise my vibration. And I knew that you can raise your vibration if you become a human. And so I, that's, that's what I think I did. And I came in to this family, you know, with an alcoholic going on and, um, I attracted all kinds of stuff that terrible stuff in my life because of my low vibration and all of it made me sad, which even lowered my vibration even more. And so when I found out about the law of attraction and I can raise my vibration by just saying, and look at all that. And yeah, I just want to be happy. I don't care about all that. I just want to be happy. And, and as I started doing that and thinking, I mean, that was Abraham Hicks that I got that from and um, just raising my vibration as in like acknowledging, okay, I've been thinking stinking thinking for years now, and I'm not going to be expecting everything to get good just with one good thought. I know that it's going to be like a soaking. I'm going to have to soak myself with good thoughts. Perfect. And so, so that's what I did. And over the years, I have 
started attracting good things. <laughs> it's really yeah. amazing how it changes. Have you read any of the uh, Power versus Force? David no, Hawkins. No, oh, oh my God. Oh. So good. Not Stephen Hawkins, but David, I think is his name. Anyways, I'll double check that. But um, it's so good because it talks about how every single thing has a vibration to it. Uh, yeah. and a calibration between zero and a thousand and Abraham Hicks talks about it, but so does, uh, Dr. David Hawkins. And he talks about how you can tell even in your muscles that chiropractors use it and naturopathic physicians and homeopathy, they use, you know, muscle testing and that every single thing is, is already like common knowledge within your muscles. So if we learn to listen Absolutely. to our bodies, we can listen to our intuition a whole lot better and stop listening to our ego thoughts to tell us everything sucks and everything's happening to us when really everything is happening by us and through us and as us. Right. So it's, it's been a, uh, that that's the spiritual journey of going mm -hmm. within and stop blaming everything outside of ourselves. That's what I think. I think I am not a victim anymore because I mean, I, I say in my heart that I don't need to forgive anybody because I attracted all that stuff and all those people out there, they were just doing what they do. And I attracted them in. And if I had hadn't had such a low vibration, I wouldn't have attracted him in. But you know what? The way you raise your vibration is with unconditional love. And you can't even do unconditional love unless you've had crap in your life. That's right. You know, I heard it this way once by uh, Neil Donald Walsh. He wrote all the um, conversations yeah. with God books. Mm -hmm. And he said it this way, and it really made sense to me. When the little uh, angel spark of light says, I'm ready to go down on earth, God. And he says, okay, well, do you want to go over here? Do you want to go over there? And this one place has a whole bunch of light, bright, sparkling lights. And the other place has darkness. And he says, oh, I want to go over to the darkness so that I can shine really bright. And it just broke mm. my heart. Like, oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. you know, like The only way we can really shine is in the darkness. And this is how we got to help people. There's a lot of darkness in the world right now, but that this is why it's so important for us to, you know, to be that spark of light that we know we are. And I'm sure you provided that a lot on the path. I, I think, I think I, um, of course, I think my angels just brought me to the right places all the time you know, where, where I could be of help or, you know, even, even if I was at help with somebody else, just running it through my brain of, you know, the problem solving, um, with grace, um, helped me, you know, not that I was just helping other people, just saying those things helped me. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's how we stay sober too, right? We help another alcoholic or we help another person. First, we develop ourselves and then we develop others. That's really what it's all about. Love and connection on the planet to try to make people's lives better. So Kathleen, I really want to thank you for coming on the podcast today. I'm so glad I got to have this conversation with you. Um, but before we wrap up, uh, is there anything else you want to tell our listeners or share any other message? And then also tell people where they can find you and your book. Um, okay. Well, I have this really great prayer that I say, and when I say it, miracles happen. And the prayer is dear God, please make everything turn out. Okay. 
And then you just let God make everything turn out. Okay. (laughs) And it's amazing what happens. It's like, you know, amazing. Okay. And, um, about, um, my website is wisdom on the Camino.com. Yeah, I guess you can put some HTTPs and WWWs. (laughs) (laughs) I'll put a link in the show notes. (laughs) So that's my website. And um, yeah, Wisdom on the Camino uh, is my book. Okay, I'm going to look forward to reading it. Thank you very much for coming on the show today. Thank you, too. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, leave a review, and share it with your friends. You can visit us at EmergeLeadershipAcademy.com to take the quiz to find out what animal best represents your leadership style. And until next week, remember, you have so many leadership skills that you learned in recovery. Stop hiding because your contribution matters.